Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now, at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, thanks for stopping by. We'll be taking a good gardening stroll shortly, but right now you can give a call. Alex will answer the phone, just your first name and where you're calling from, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. With questions, comments, concerns about your plant material. Mr. Kelly, yes. what's happening in your yard? Oh, boy. We had an exciting week. Uh, we've had the raccoon who's been coming in and, and uh, damaging, stealing our bird feeders at night. So we, we, I, I have a BB gun, and I, I try to, you know, and I'm not trying to kill him, all right? I'm just trying to tell him <laughs> we're not welcome here, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. So, and I don't even pump it all the way. It's just kind of like, okay, I'm going to try to hit him in the butt and spank him a little bit and say, you know, <laughs> well, that didn't work. So we got out the old electric fence. Whoa. Yeah. And so Sue and I were sitting out on the back porch, and it's just barely dark, and here he comes walking down the street. Oh, that's the monkeys. <laughs> anyway, and, and I got out my, my flashlight, and I'm shining it, and he went up, and he, and he touched that wire, and I think he kind of got stuck on it because he was like, <laughs> for about, oh, I'd say 10 or 15 seconds. And, uh, and then he ran away. Sue, Sue kind of felt bad, you know, and, and it's like, well, you know, they're, he's destroying our stuff. He stole one of our feeders. Really? He's broken feeders. And, wow. and, and you know, we got to protect our, our, our birds. So anyway, so I haven't seen him since. There were actually two. I think he went and told his buddy when his buddy saw him and his hair was sticking straight out. Don't, 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 don't go, 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 go there because, it, you know, yeah. So anyway, so we haven't seen him in a couple of days. Right. <laughs> yeah, because feeders are expensive. Yeah, they can be. You know, I mean, I look yeah. at the prices of some of them. I feed on the sidewalk, so I don't have to. Oh, okay. The expense is only pouring it out onto the sidewalk. Yeah. No, we've got several feeders, and, and he's he's broken them. He stole one. I don't even know where it is. And so, yeah, so we, we went nuclear and got out the, the electric fence, and I think the message has been delivered. Yeah, you should probably go online to see if you put it online for sale. Try yeah. to make some money. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So, so that's the excitement in our yard this week. All right. Sounds yeah. great. Well, yeah. thanks, Brian. You bet. This is Saturday morning, and we're going to have a roundtable discussion about what's going on in your side yard, your front yard, your backyard. Oh, oh that specialty garden space that you spend so many hours thinking about and working on and everything else. How's it doing? And the taste of the tropics, of course. Your houseplants have moved outside. Ooh. Just left them in the sun for two days, and now they are sun burnt. Maybe not. Good 
shearing, pruning, removal of diseases, bugs, and everything else. I'm going to share information with you, and my thoughts hopefully will help you orchestrate uh, and solidify your options. But the final judgment is going to be on your shoulders. This is your show, and I appreciate you inviting me into your home, car, or wherever you happen to be listening to. Or maybe you're listening to it via podcast. Another very important player, as I said, as the show began, is Alex. He's producing. He pushes buttons. He answers the phone. Quite the talented guy. I'm Mike Miller. I've been hosting the Guard Hotline since 1994. And I can come to your home and do landscape consultations, if you'd like for me to. It's called The Walk and Talk. You can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com. On the homepage, you can see my email address and phone number where I can be reached. Well, let's get moving. And, well, let's go back a little bit. Today, after the show, I'm headed to Belleville. So that could be really a cool place. The lady has already sent me some pictures. It looks like they got a tropical paradise around their swimming pool and stuff. But anyway, this probably like a week and a half or so ago, I was uh, in West County in the area where I grew up, where we used to ride our bicycles over Old State Road down to get to Rockwood Reservation. Well, these people live in that area where... In Melrose is the street they live off of. But they're naturalists. They were very impressive how they left trees that had died standing. And they just watched various birds, you know, sort of like (laughs) make their nest in the tree, you know, where the, let's say, the branches used to be and all that other stuff. And they are just really naturalistic people. I mean, it's like a natural reserve very near Rockwood Reservation, and I was just very impressed by these this couple that, uh, you know, spent so much time and energy not doing things that people typically do. Now, if something was going to fall on their house or cause damage or something like that, they would have the tree taken out, but if not, they just leave it. And, you know, they do take, you know, eliminate some of the honeysuckle and things along that line, but for the most part, they're just letting nature happen, whether he's... <laughs> Uh, the husband said, even brown recluse spiders we don't get rid of. We just let everything go, and they really super enjoy it. So that was really a great treat for me. But anyway, the garden stroll, it's, it's good gardening stroll. It's a good gardening stroll. Anyway, it's brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Architecture of all the roof lines, every shape possible. And there's part of downtown visible in the distance to the north. Varied birds. Almost the number of songs you hear was like equal to the architectural diversity. Stepping out of my car, greeted by a peach tree full of fruit here at the corner of 9th and Barton. There was also nearby castor beans that were embracing the compost mulch area. Hollyhocks stood almost six feet high in full flower. Hollyhocks are an interesting plant. They're biennials. So one year is foliage. Next year is foliage and flower. And they they grow away. But anyway, so that was kind of cool to see that that tall this time of year. There was a sign. There was all kinds of other things, too. Other fruit trees in that area as well. A sign reminds, please scoop up the poop. So in other words... From your dog. Perennials and ornamental grasses race along the sidewalk. This is Sular Garden Co-op. And there was, they have this arbor, which is, a, let's say, 
the classic entrance to the to the garden area, and they have hops growing on it. So it's you don't see hops being grown on arbors that often. So that's very impressive. There's benches that mingle with individual raised bed plots, and some cool season edibles. Well, they're nearing their robust time, nearing the end of their robust time as the warmer season things start to take off. At the north end, there's a grove of different fruit trees as well as two white pines. Other plantings include milkweed, bee balm, yarrow, zinnias, rhubarb, many different varieties of sunflowers. There's bird baths, which spice up some of the views. There's some white morning glory climbing around. Nasturtiums, shasta daisies, huge number of budded poppies, unbelievable. Raspberries, which had snow on the mountain, aegopodium planted underneath them, so that was kind of a neat combination. There's boulders and oak leaf hydrangeas, and oh my, as I walk away, I pass a giant clump of mint. I couldn't resist, so I just kind of put my hands down in there and just kind of moved them around a little bit. I still have the smell of the mint on my hands. So anyway, this was the Good Gardening Stroll, and it was in Soulard, and a perfect day. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's start off the day by going into Matt's yard. Hi, Matt. Hello, Matt. Are you there? Yeah, Mike. Uh, I got a question. I know I should have cut my Hughes bush like in March or something. Is it too late to do it now? Would I kill it? No, you won't kill it, but you'll sunburn it. That's what's going to happen. Because pruning anything like that going into the summertime when the sun is so intense, that I mean, cut off sort of the, the tips, which have you know become more, let's say, weather-oriented as far as the sun and anything else goes. And now you're going to be exposing needles that have been shaded by the tips that you've cut off and you're gonna, they're going to just look brown at the tip. Yeah, the whole thing's going to look bad. So what, uh, when should I wait till? Well, probably I'd wait until maybe mid-September or something like that. So you got all the time all the way. You know, you want to get it done fairly soon because you want it to, let's say, harden off getting ready for wintertime too. But for the most part, uh, sometime mid-September through mid-October. Okay, Mike. Thank you. Sure. My pleasure. And now let's head over to Annette's. Hi, Annette. Hello. Hi. Mike? Yes. Oh, okay. Listen, I've got two questions. My peonies, uh, what do I do? Uh, when do I cut them down? 
Uh, you don't cut them down yet. You cut off the flowers. Okay. I'm assuming you've already done that. Yeah, you, I've done that. Yeah, but you want to leave the foliage because they have to build up the root system for next year. So okay. you're probably going to start to see some powdery mildew, some kind of a gray, foggy-looking stuff on the leaves. That's just kind uh-huh. of a natural occurrence. Maybe you won't get it with the humidity as high as it is. Uh, you might, but it's not really super damaging. And when you do cut them, Make sure that you don't just let them, cut, you know, you don't cut them and just let them drop right there. You know, pick them up and oh. put them in a compost pile or something along that line. Okay. Okay. And then my, my second question is my irises. They have, I haven't cut them down, but they have these big pods. Is that full of seeds? What do I do with that? Well, it's not, it's full of seeds, but uh, just you can... I mean, they're kind of enjoyable in their own way. They're not colorful or anything else, but it's just part yeah. of the whole, you know, the whole process. And I would say wait again, you know, until later on. And uh, once they, they'll probably start turning brownish, then you can probably cut them off at that time. Or you can go ahead and cut them now because it doesn't really help. It's not to the advantage of the iris to leave them or to cut them off, to be honest. Oh, okay, but the seeds, I can't just use these seeds and... and them somewhere yeah you're not going to be able to grow them from seed no okay i was wondering okay. no well thank you so much sure my pleasure okay bye-bye bye and 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120 if you have any questions comments or concerns things that you can be thinking about now i'll tell you what finally this you know things have been so slow to take off because of the way the weather was earlier uh, the summer bulbs, the dahlias, they're really looking. I'm, I've got two different pots of them. They're really starting to look good. And once the flowering begins, and they'll keep flowering all the way through summer into fall, as long, you know, basically, even when the night times start to get cool, that'll kind of shut them down. They have spectacular show of color. It's unbelievable. And really, with the, the dahlias, they want to have plenty of moisture and adequate fertilizer to get the best performance out of them that you can get. So there are many varieties and types of dahlias and a wide range of flowers. I like the smaller flowers. Some of them like are huge, like 12 inches across. That's just like kind of crazy. And some of them grow to like six feet high. Yeah, I, I don't think, you know, that's not exactly what I wanted. The ones I have are about... Uh, 15, you know, 12 to 15 inches, and the flowers are about an inch and a half to two inches. So that's just the ones that I like more so than the other ones. But uh, they're really striking. Let's head back to the phones and go into Jane's yard. Hi, Jane. Hi. Hi. Uh, is this Mike? As far as I know. Oh, Mike, I'm sorry. I, I didn't recognize your voice. My phone isn't working well. Uh, can you please tell me what's the preferable height for burning bushes? Well, I mean, they're really, I'll tell you what, the height that shouldn't be is when they're in parking lots and those <laughs> planted islands and you can't see around them to see if there's any cars coming. That's ridiculous. So I feel like getting out with a chainsaw and cutting them all down. But anyway, in your own yard, genetically, they're, you know, eight feet high and eight feet wide. So if you want to keep the best thing to do is when you get them and they're small and young, start pruning them at that time. Don't let them get huge and then try to bring them back down to, a, let's say, what would be considered a normal height, whatever normal is. So, okay. Well, that was my problem. I had not been home for a while. I was in the hospital 
and my burning bushes got really tall. I think they're about, I'd say, 14 feet tall. They're really, they're diameter-wise, pretty pretty big as well. Right. And I was wondering if I could bring that down just a wee bit in this hot weather, if I could get someone to just bring down the height a little bit, or do you think it will be okay for a while? I think I would just leave them because, again, it's like the gentleman that called, and I told him you're going to, you just have to watch out because you're going to, you know, potential of getting sunburn, and then you have to live with yeah. this visible sunburn all summer yeah. long. Yeah, right. I'm not going to do that okay. because right now they are gorgeous. So, hey, Mike, thank you very much. Have a great day. Sure, my pleasure. Yeah, 14 I- feet, I mean, that is just strikingly spectacular. But Tracy and I were at a parking lot the other day, and we could not see around these burning bush and why they would put them at the end of the, you know, where you t- kind of turn into the road to get out of this parking lot. You can't see around them at all. They're just totally crazy. But uh shows you how tough and durable they actually are. Let's head over to Jan's yard, and Jan lives in St. Louis Hills. Hi, Jan. Hi, Mike. Good morning. How are you? Very good. Good. I have a question about butterfly bushes. Mm-hmm. I, I bought two new ones this year, planted them. They're doing great. But now uh, the flowers have been spent. Should I cut those off? Uh, you can. You don't have to, but they're gonna. They'll reflower again. So you should. Oh, so it's just not leave just them alone. Pardon me. Should I just leave them alone? Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, unless you're, you know, wanting something to do and you can't think of anything else, you can go ahead and cut them off. <laughs> but That'll uh, never you can happen. just leave them. <laughs> okay, great. That's all I needed to know. Thank you so much. Sure, my pleasure. And again, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. I'll tell you, the cool season weeds, the annual ones, they're basically gone. The shepherd's purse, the speedwell, the Persian speedwell, the annual bluegrasses, they're pretty much gone. The chickweed is gone. The henbit's gone. So they're, say, it's getting a little hot, so they're just kind of baking away. It's kind of interesting to watch them. But now the warm season weeds, uh, the ones that you should have put the pre-emergent down when the yellow forsythia is in bloom, they are really starting to take off. The spurges, the ragweed, the purslane, the lamb's quarter, the black medic. The black medic is actually looks like a little bitty clover clump that has a yellow flower on it. There's carpet weed, there's crabgrass, barnyard grass, goosegrass, foxtail, and all kinds of other stuff as well. So uh, now you're going to have to go after them with a post-emergence. So it's a little bit uh, more difficult, but uh, still can be done. Anyway, so if you have any questions, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We'll be back after these messages. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, I'm kind of shedding a tear. Uh, for St. Patrick's Day, I bought shamrocks, a couple of them. But unfortunately, shamrocks are just like many other things. They have a dormant period, and their dormant period is like intense summer warmth. Even though they're inside, they're you know in a window, plenty of sun and everything else, they're headed towards dormancy. But uh, anyway, it was fun to have them. I've had them, like I said, since St. Patrick's Day. So I have several months of really looking good. But, boy, the last couple of weeks, they don't look good at all. So they're going to go to sleep for a while, and then I'll snap them out of it, I hope. Let's head over to Rick's yard. Hi, Rick. How are you today? So they're going to go to sleep for a while, and then I'll hey, Rick. snap them out of it, I hope. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I have a question I've, on the east side of my house. We have uh, hydrangea trees on both corners. Uh, and one is doing much better than the other. They're both about the same height, about the same diameter on the trunk. They've been in about three years. But one is not nearly as healthy as the other one in terms of the fullness of the foliage. My guess is probably the one that doesn't look good wasn't planted exactly correctly. It was planted maybe just at grade, at level. There's either water puddling or, you know, puddling around it or it's near where a downspout is shooting some water on it. I think it's probably related to water more so than anything else. Too much water. Okay, so, so uh, and we do have a downspout there, so if we relocated it, uh, make sure it is not running onto the tree itself. Right, exactly. Okay. The other thing, uh, on the also on the east side, last year we planted two spireas in between, and the same thing is true there. One is shooting up way, it's up probably about uh, two foot. The other one is about the same diameter, but only about one foot high. Uh, 
Uh, and just curious if you know what that might be. Uh, that's, I mean, it's a little bit tough, but again, it's, you know, planting, always make sure when you're planting anything because of our soils. I know you live in Illinois. I can tell by your your area code. Yes, <laughs> but anyway, with, the, you know, the root ball, the top of the root ball higher than the surrounding ground, with everything it should be done that way and the whole three times the diameter of the root ball. And that will really help, but... Uh, my guess is it just wasn't quite planted correctly. The other one, you know, was planted a little bit more correctly. Is there anything I can do in terms of digging up, raising it, anything like that, or just let it go at this point? No, I would say you can do that, but don't do it this time of year. Wait until we head towards, you know, fall and uh, sometime okay. after mid to late August, probably sometime in the month of September would be the ideal time to do it. Okay. Well, Mike, I really appreciate your show. I listen to it all the time on Saturday morning. Thank you, sir. Well, great. Well, thanks for having me on your show. And let's head over to Vivian's yard. Hi, Vivian. Hello? Hi. Yes. Thank you, Mike, for your show. Well, thanks for having uh, me on your show. Well, we had some uh, areas in our lawn that needed repair, and my husband thought that if some grass seed is good, then a ton of grass seed must be better. So he put a ton of grass seed down. We watered it twice a day, and sure enough, it all sprouted. But it's gotten to a height of about one or two inches, and it's just not thriving. It's not growing taller. So my question is, I, I suspect we got too much grass seed too close together. Would it help to just thin this all out similar to what you do in your vegetable garden? Just just pluck some of it out to try and uh, have less competition? Do you think that would help? Probably. It's probably not going to help all that much, to be honest with you. It's probably the soil, just the compaction, the type of soil you have and everything else. That might be as much as anything else. But you're absolutely right in the fact that putting an abundance of seed down does not necessarily mean you're going to have everything germinating and everything be able to grow. They may be competing with each other, but my guess is just the soil in this area that had problems in the first place. And I don't. Did you do any improvement to the soil before you put the grass seed down? Yes, we did. We uh, we had the guy bring in soil that had compost in it, okay. and uh, you know it looked good. Uh, shall we just you know keep try watering it, watering it, and and try and help it make it through the summer, and then we'll we'll re- rework it in the fall. Yeah, fall's by far the best time to do it. Going into summertime is not the ideal time. And also, when he brought this, let's say, material in, did he mix it in with the existing soil or just kind of lay it on the ground? Uh, he kind of laid it on the uh, uh, existing soil. Yeah. Without, I mean, he didn't, he didn't like, rake it over. It was just too much. It was too large an area for him to do that. So. Yeah. But just to lay it on top of the ground, that's sort of, like, not so good. So okay. So it has to actually be blended together. It's kind of like making, let's say, a smoothie. You know, banana smoothie, you got to have ice cubes, you got to have the packet of mix, you got to have a banana. And if you just put them in there and you don't blend it together, then it's not going to make a smoothie. And you're not going to make okay. good ground if you don't blend the additional stuff together with, you know, what you have. Okay. All right. Well, we'll just keep watering uh, and we'll uh, rework it in the fall. Yeah. And uh, just plan on, you know, I mean, doing some physical work, too, to get the ground ready. Yeah. I might do an experiment in one area and just see if plucking some of that out makes any difference. Sure. I, uh, uh-huh. I, I got nothing to lose. No. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All so right. lesson learned. Yep. Thank Thanks, you. Vivian.
And now let's head over to Linda's yard. Hi, Linda. Linda, are you there? Yes. Go ahead. Um, we have a southern magnolia tree. It is uh, about as tall as a telephone pole. It looks pretty bad. It's finally, it dropped a lot of leaves oh. earlier. I mean, like a ton of leaves. It, it, it's got sparse blooms on it, but what blooms there are, they're very pretty. And it's just, it's starting to get bare at the top. So I'm just wondering what's going on with it. I think it might be as age as, as much as anything because you've had it for a long time. If it's as high as a telephone pole, I mean, they can get bigger than that. But uh, I just think it's kind of at kind of the, at the apex of his life's already in the rearview mirror. There's oh, no, really? Yeah. I mean, oh, it's, dang it, we just moved here. <laughs> <laughs> so you inherited it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you can um, do, you can do something called deep root feeding if you want. So go out about halfway from the trunk to the extension of the branches, and then okay. you get an electric drill. And you want to get an earth auger, which is going to be a drill bit about the, an inch, a little bit more than an inch. And you're going to auger okay. holes about six inches deep and then backfill those holes with compost. What you're doing okay. is you're feeding the soil. And then in turn, the soil will feed, you know, help the, you know, the magnolia. But unfortunately, it's just it may be past that, you know, that will help at all. But it may do some good. And it's not going to be oh. anything that's going to be automatic. It's going to be a long, involved process. <laughs> okay. So, All right. So half halfway from the trunk to the drip line. Right. And then just do a okay. hole, put the holes about uh, uh, one to two feet apart, six inches deep, fill each hole with compost, then move out a foot or two, and then do another concentric circle all the way around. Again, you're feeding the soil. This is where the feeder roots are. And then the, consequently, the soil, a healthier soil, will help, you know, the magnolia. Not a guarantee, okay. but that's about all you're going to be able to do. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much, Mike. Sure, my pleasure. And now let's go over to Lori's. Hi, Lori. Hello, Lori. Lori. Hi, Mike. Hi. <laughs> I'm here. Okay. Um, I've got a question about uh, wisteria. Um, I've admired a plant that a friend of mine has for a long, long time, and she gave me a start. Mm -hmm. It's only about four inches tall. But my concern is I know they can be a bit evasive, and I want to make sure that I put it someplace where it's not going to cause a problem right from the start. Do you have any ideas? Uh, basically, just to put it where it won't, it's only really problematic to a structural aspect. So in other words, right. if you have it on an arbor, you put it close to your house, it could get in, you know, pull your gutters away from your house, pull your downspouts away from the house, all that kind of stuff. So it's full sun. And if it's four inches, you're going to have a long, long, long time before it's going to cause you any kind of problems. I would okay. say originally, I would for several years, just get a pot and get potting mix for starting plant material and just grow it mm -hmm. in a pot for a couple of years and see, you know, how well it's going to do as opposed to trying to figure out the place that you want it to be for the rest of its life. Okay. And so then uh -huh. in the pot, you probably want to start off with a, I would four inch, uh, maybe a one or two gallon pot. And then in the wintertime, just sink the pot in some garden space that you have and uh, in a f sunny area and just grow it in the pot. 
and then okay. in a few years, then make a decision if it survives and you start to see some uh, active growth. Okay. Um, another question for sure. you then. Is it possible to prune them into like a tree shape? Well, there is wisteria trees, but basically it's a wisteria vine that's been pruned to look like a tree. So mm-hmm. in other words, it's been all the side shoots and everything have been cut off. So you have a, more or less a trunk. It's going to be a small and then a, just a big explosion of leaves at the top. And then uh, flowering wise, it's going to be somewhat iffy. Okay. Okay. So it's not I really, I mean, it's one of those things you manipulate like, a caller just was talking about our high or a gentleman I can't remember who it was, but he had a hydrangea tree that really there is not a hydrangea tree. It's a hydrangea bush that's been pruned mm-hmm. to look like a tree. And that's what would happen okay. with the wisterias too. So you're gonna really limit your blooming if you do it that way. Right, exactly. Because okay. just the overall health, I mean there anything is gonna do better if it's just kinda left alone, but we as people, you know, we have to manipulate everything. <laughs> right. Okay. And then one more question, if I can ask you about, uh, I've got a huge laurel bush. Uh, it's almost as tall as the gutters now. Would that be, would this be the wrong time to prune it back? Yes. I'm afraid about sunburn. Yeah. Anything, pruning this time of year on anything is going to be just, you're just taking a big chance. Okay. So September? October? Yeah, exactly. Perfect. So <laughs> as soon as the sun, you know, starts getting a little bit less intense, I mean, you go out right now, if you don't have sunglasses on, it's pretty bright. And so that's, right. you know, I mean, that's not a good time to be doing any kind of pruning. Yeah, it's on the north side of the house, but I'm still concerned about it. So I'll right. leave it go till fall. Right. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Mike. Sure. My pleasure. Yeah, the sun migrates to the north. That's what summer's all about. So even though it's on the north side, it's probably going to get some direct sun. So Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours... The energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. And right now we're headed over to Lori's yard. Hi, Lori. Hello, Lori. Good morning. Hi. How are you, Mike? Very good. I had that dwarf spruce that you had advised me on when I planted her. The only thing is that with the dry weather, she was doing fine to back up a minute, but with the dry weather that we've had, her tips are starting to turn a little brown and shed. Ooh. Now, I've been informed that trees like it dry, but I think that she needs some tender, loving care. <laughs> 
and I wanted to seek your advice rather than hearsay. Yeah, it's. I mean, anything. Now, how long has it been in the ground? She's been in the ground since Easter. Right. So anything that's been in the ground less than a year, the root system hasn't been developed enough, the feeder roots... So making sure they don't go through any kind of drought stress whatsoever is really essential. So okay. it's, I mean, that's, you know, depending upon our weather, which who knows of what the heck, what the heck it's going to be. But it might be you only have to water every, let's say, couple of weeks because of the rainfall is adequate. But if we've got extended periods where we, we have rain and then we go like almost two weeks and no rain again. So you're... You know, it's been stressed out, and that's unfortunate. And once those tips, those needles turn brown, they can't revert back to green. So those are going to have to fall off, and then some new growth next year is going to have to kind of hide the bad parts. Well, I've been I've been printing her with my fingers, you know, on that brown part because it's just now started at the tip. Sure. And my hibiscus and my all my other stuff, my tiger lilies, they're doing great. Right. But I'm concerned about her because she's a sapling. Right, exactly, and, and a new planting. So it didn't matter size-wise or anything else because they just they don't have a you know enough root system to support through these dry periods. Okay, now do you advise that I saturate the ground, or just like you know letting the ho- the the hose lines run? Or is the sprinkling system satisfactory? Uh, I would say since you're going after an individual plant, I'd you know go out there and just you know probably if we haven't had an inch of rain within let's say a week or so, then go out there and just run it. You know either stand there or just run a hose and run it at a trickle on top of the root ball for about a half hour or so. That should be adequate. Okay, I thank you very much because I don't want to lose her. Great. Take care, Mike, and have a blessed Father's Day. Well, thank you. And now let's head over to Greg, and he lives in Baldwin. Hi, Greg. Hey, Greg. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I have a question. My neighbor uh, planted purple clover in a top hill where he can't cut his grass, and uh-huh. it's filling in pretty good. But my concern is how do I avoid that from even though there's a two-foot wall between my yard and his will that spread into my yard and if so i know it's kind of hard to control what do i do to prevent that well the owl's clover which is the purple one that you're talking about is bigger than the dutch white clover and it's not nearly as invasive so i wouldn't be overly concerned with it and if you do start to see it just go after it with an herbicide or just dig it up it's pretty easy to okay great Would a pre-emerge at any particular time of the year help at all? Or? No. It's basically, it's a perennial, so it's coming back from the root system. It will, I mean, it can produce, you know, seed and stuff, but I wouldn't be overly concerned with, uh, you know, putting pre-emergent down because of the seed this clover or owl's clover is going to produce. Well, doggone it, now I'm not a things to worry about. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day. I enjoy the show. Sure. Well, thank you. And I don't know if we can get to, I don't want to try to squeeze somebody in here in this last few seconds. This time of year, guess what? Trees and shrubs, they should have been fertilized before July because you don't want to produce any kind of growth so it doesn't get the chance to harden off before we head into freezing weather. So we're talking about freezing. We're talking about dry. We're talking about this. Everything is just kind of a basically a lot of like thinking 
this way, that way, because our seasons, we never know what's going to happen. Now, if anything is in containers, basically fertilize about every two weeks or even once a week if you really want to get extreme. Now, I do every two weeks myself, and I got a lot of containers. What I do is I use the powder stuff. I mix it up into a bucket, and then I carry it over to the plants and then pour it in, you know, in that way. And uh, I have to say, I've been doing it for a long time. It works very good. As the weather gets hot this time of year, start watching out for spider mites. Hot, dry weather is when they really get trouble, you know, problematic. And you'll start to see like little webs between the stem that holds uh, the leaf onto the, the branch or twig or whatever it happens to be. You start to see that stuff. Spider mites are tough to control. So in other words, a regular insecticide won't work. You can try to wash them off with water, but uh, that's really iffy. And uh, so just a miticide is the best thing. Also, you're probably going to start to see, and we had a call last week about the, the uh, clover mites, red clover mite. And it's not one that really does damage to the plant material, but it's kind of they're running all over the surface of everything. And when you sm- smash them with your finger or something, it les- leaves kind of a streak, a red streak. Again, they're not problematic. They're just real trouble you know, from the standpoint of mental more so than anything else. So just get out there and you know, keep your eyes and ears open for anything. I'm still waiting for the cicadas to show up. Mike Miller, KMOS Garden Hotline. See you after the news. Now at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, and it's a tip of the trial hour, and I'll be giving that shortly. But right now, you can give us a call at 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120 with your ideas, questions, concerns, or comments. So you can give us get in line. Got a couple of calls already here ready to go, but we've got uh, phone lines open. And, Mr. Kelly, I yep. guess you can't wait to get uh, outside where it is steaming hot because you're sitting in here with a coat on. It's cold in the newsroom, and I went out to the car to get my coat, and it's like you walk outside and boom, you get hit with that <laughs> wall of heat and humidity. And then I put on my jacket. It's like, boy, this looks really silly. But it's it's chilly in the newsroom. Uh, last week it was so I can't type. My fingers get stiff, you know, and getting old and cold, and it makes it hard to do that. But, yeah, you know, you it's uh, you kind of expect it. I always have a coat in my car just in case. So is that the newsroom being cool? Is that to keep you guys cool-headed and everything else when you're dealing with all this news stuff? It's just because we're all so cool. Uh, yeah, it's, so it's it's not actually the air conditioning. It's it's us. It emanates so, from us. So it's the news people that are call, causing this it, problem. It is, because we are so cool. <laughs> That's why it's always coolest when I'm in there and nobody else, because I'm so cool. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, great. Well, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> He's got a coat on, folks. I'm not making that up. But anyway, how about we get together and let's discuss what's going on with your annuals. Uh, the cool season annuals, the pansies, they're probably already gone. If they're not, they're definitely headed downhill. And your bulbs, your daffodils and tulips and things like that, their foliage is definitely starting to discolor, even if it's not brown yet, even if it's standing up. Go ahead. You've got an opportunity where you can cut it if you want to get out and work in the heat. But anyway, ground covers, your house plants, your lawns, roses, perennials, trees, shrubs, vines, or water gardens. I'll share my thoughts, but again, please remember my answers, comments, and opinions is not the only garden path to take to have success. 
but strictly offered for you to consider. Alex is producing, so he answers the phone. He just needs to have your first name and where you're calling from. So anyway, and uh, during the week, I spend time and on weekends, too, uh, doing landscape consulting. And uh, I can come to your home, do a walk and talk. You can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com. On the homepage, that's my email address and phone number, and you can contact me. Uh, a lot of gifts, gift certificates. I send a gift certificate to, to people, and then they can give it to somebody. This past week, I was at somebody's house, and it was a gift certificate given to her because it was her 40th birthday. And uh, some recommendations I made, she, they've got a couple dogs, and uh, the things, some of the plant material that I recommended, uh, apparently, you know, I didn't pay enough attention. I thought the ones I recommended were going to be safe, but uh, she's a little bit concerned about a couple of the recommendations I made, so I'm going to have to make some changes for those plant materials. But apparently with the dogs, any plant that produces any kind of fruit or berries or something like that could be potentially problematic for the dogs. But anyway, uh, Tip of the Trial is a special recognition for individual, group, or situation that's made an impression on me, and it's brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Tip of the Trial, if you were listening to the first hour, I took my uh, Good Gunny stroll in Soulard, and Tracy and I lived in Soulard for multiple years before we moved to South City. And Mary and Bob Officer just lived right down the street from us. We became very good friends with them. She and he are both very good gardeners or into the outdoors and everything else. So a tip of the trial goes out to Mary and Bob Officer. And uh, thanks for being good friends for all these years and everything else. So tip of the trial to that couple who lives there on Soulard. So all kinds of great stuff going on in the outdoors. Why don't we take a couple calls before we take a break? Let's go into David's yard. Hi, David. Yes, good morning, Mike. Uh, thank you for your knowledge. I've enjoyed your show for many years. Well, thank you. Long story short, uh, I did a yard renovation last year where I tilled up the soil an inch and a half, two inches, tilled in some compost, laid sod. Uh, finally, I got results that I wanted. The issue being is in last before they should have fallen, I have two dogwoods in that area that lost half the leaves on them before it should have last fall. They only half bloomed out, and I got a ton of dead in both of them. In one of them, I have a lot of shoots coming off of the main branches that have that have come up because the tree's in such distress. Right. I'm I'm wondering if. I drastically, drastically cut this tree down, cut this tree back, and leave those branches where those shoots are. Uh, is that going to do any good, or is this thing a goner? It's probably, to be honest, it's probably a goner because if you do some drastic pruning like that, it's you know it's headed for trouble. And you know, I mean, dogwoods do have surface roots, but a lot of plants have you know surface roots. And so, unfortunately, you you know, I mean, I'm not saying what you did caused this problem. It could be if other factors as well. But uh, No, I'm sure it's what I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you? Okay. Well, I mean, you know, no one told me to stay so far away from these trees when I was tilling it up, and I think I did damage the root system. Right. Not that I saw the roots. No. But I guess there's some that are so small that you don't see them. Right. The feeder roots are near the surface, 
and they go slightly beyond the drip line of the tree, so the extension of the branches. So you should have stayed, be, you know, that far away from the actual where the tree trunk is. And so consequently, okay. the feeder roots are like root hairs. You don't really see them. It's not like those big right. maple roots on the surface of the ground that everybody goes, ah, I hate those. They're lifting up the sidewalk or whatever it happens to be. Right. Well, I, you know, I did a bunch of research on this before I did all this, and no one said anything about it. Or did I, <laughs> oh, did I really? Said anything wow. about staying away from the from the drip line? So <laughs> I'm sure that's what it was. Okay. Well, Mike, as I said, I've enjoyed your show for many years, and, and thank you very much. Well, thanks for having me on your show. Let's head over to Lou's yard now. Hi, Lou. Hi. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for having me on your show. Hello, Lou. Yes. Go ahead. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello, Lou. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, okay. Um, this, I think there's a bad connection. That's why people. Um, um, anyway, um, I was in the other room when you, you took the call from the lady, but I think you were talking about peonies and iris uh, seed pods. Is that correct? Right. Okay, um, about the peonies, you were saying just uh, cut off the flowers. Um, we live in a condo association here, and on both sides of the walkway going up to the, to the uh, buildings, um, there are peonies growing, and the person in charge of the yard maintenance always cuts them back to about six inches off the ground, and they come back fine every year um, with leaves and, and, and flowers and everything. Um, so that's been, you know, what I've seen in my experience. And then those uh, seed pods on the irises, um, iris uh, fanciers call those, uh, if they're not hybridized by human beings, they call them bee pods because probably the bees um, pollinate them. Right. And um, some people um, save them the, the, the seeds. Uh, don't mature until the fall, and then when the, the seed pods like break open, and then you can collect the seeds, or you can put like bags around them and um, have them c- have catch the seeds when they um, uh, open up. And uh, I think you were saying you can't grow irises from seeds. Uh, well, that's what hybridizers do, and even from the the bee, bee pods, they can be grown. It's, it's a, can be quite an involved process to um, to grow them from seeds. Right. Uh, one thing is just to put put them in the ground in the fall, and um, they they probably will come up in the spring. And uh, another process is involves soaking them in water for two weeks, changing the water every day, and then soaking them for about a half hour in a ten percent uh, um, bleach solution, etc. But anyway, you, can, you they can be grown from seeds, and that's where a lot of the varieties come from. So I just wanted to make those comments. Okay, well, great. Well, thanks, Lou. Greatly appreciate it. And, the, you know, the peonies, historically, if you could go to the Peony Society, they say leave the foliage until later in the season. And growing them from seed, you have to be just very, very patient. So when I'm saying to grow them from seed, you're talking about multiple dec- or a decade or so before you're going to get any kind of a iris flower off it from seeds. But anyway, thank you, Lou, for your insight. Greatly appreciate it. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry, 
at the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's leading ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back to what we were talking about, a couple different uh, callers. Watering, I mean, this whole thing with the rain has been so inconsistent. I mean, it's just you're going to have to keep things watered, and especially anything that's been in the ground less than a, a year or less because they just don't have an adequate substantial root system to be able to withstand this problems with this, let's say, inconsistency as rainfall. But Brian was saying uh, during the news, I guess there's supposed to be some big rains tonight. We'll see what happens. And let's go now to the phones and let's go to Kay's yard. Hi, Kay. Hello, Kay, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. Hi. Um, I have a question. Thank, well, first of all, thanks for taking my call. Sure. We have a Kwanzaa cherry tree that's about 14 years old, mm-hmm. and the bark is splitting on it, and it's uh, peeling, and it has big chunks it wants to peel off. Uh, that's not a good sign because if it's splitting, is it on the south side? So, in other words, it could be from a sunburn circumstance? Uh, I'm looking at Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, so it's probably... Not too much you can do. I would probably, how big is the diameter of the trunk? About six or eight inches? Uh, Yes. Yeah, I would probably get some of that flexible PVC pipe, the flexible stuff, and just cut it, you know, cut a a section that will make sure that it covers up this part that's split and make sure it's big enough that it doesn't, you know, hang onto the tree trunk really tight and then consequently just wrap, you know, put that around the trunk right now. Okay. Oh, it's probably a yard long. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, you can buy a section of, that, you know, that flexible okay. PVC pipe. Okay, and you keep that on there all the time then? Yeah, for at least, a, you know, take a, pull it off every so often after a year or so and see if it's starting to heal. Oh, okay. So in I other appreciate words, it. So in Thank other you. words, it's got some sunburn, and so consequently you're trying to protect it so the sunburn doesn't get worse. Oh, Okay. Got it. All right. Thanks a lot. Sure. My pleasure. Yeah, and the tree paint and all that other stuff that people used to use, it's not, a, you know, that's not going to be as effective as actually putting a physical barrier there. And now let's go over to June's yard. June lives in Chesterfield. Hi, June. Hello, June. Hi there. Hi. Uh, I've got knockout roses, mm-hmm. and they got hit by that. Uh, early freeze that we had right. I think in April or whatever. They came up, but they look pretty sick. Well, since then, I've cut those off, and now the new growth is coming out. They look great for about mm, seven days, and then all of a sudden, they look like they're burning. Um, it, am I doing something wrong? I've had these guys for a while. So, in other words, actually, the leaves and the stem and everything look like they're red? No, no, the the leaves and the stems don't look like it's just the flowers look like they're they're burning. They're they're getting 
too hot. I've never seen this happen before, and I've had knockout roses for about 20 years. Right. And these are these are new plants. They're about three years old. Hmm. Yeah, I, you and know, I can't figure out what I'm doing wrong. You're probably not doing anything wrong, because I, I can't imagine why, if the shrub looks good, the flowers are, and you have more than one, or is this on a single? I've got uh, five. And they're all doing the same thing. They're all doing the same thing, and they got hit by that that really bad bug about two months ago that that eats uh, eats the leaves, you right. know, puts holes in the leaves, and I sprayed it with uh, a rose insecticide, uh, and the bugs seem to be gone. But right. uh, uh, I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm at, I don't think I'm overwatering because I know they can they can they're drought really plants. Um, I do water them, but I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. Yeah, but, I mean, the watering factor wouldn't necessarily just affect the flowers. So what's affecting okay. the flowers? Really look at the, you know, look, if you even have to take a magnifying glass out there, take a look at, you know, some flowers on several different, uh, you know, all of your shrubs and see if you can see something that would be causing that. Because I've never really heard of anything like that before. Well, I, I hadn't either. That's why I was calling you. Um, okay, I'll do that. Second question is, uh when do I cut hollies? Do I cut those in the spring? Uh, Early spring? Yeah, so you want to do it before they flower. Okay. Okay. All righty. Uh, thank you, and I'll just keep watching these guys. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> back to the roses. Are you fertilizing the roses? I fertilized them uh, six weeks ago. Yeah. Maybe fertilize them again or using rose food, correct? Well, yes, I use rose food. Okay, yeah, so you're doing I, everything I just don't know right. what's going on. That, so, that is know. a dilemma to me because they've never done this before. Yeah, you ever. might you might try going to the Missouri Botanical Garden website and see if they've heard of that because I have not heard of that before. Okay, all right. Thank you, Mike. Sure, my pleasure. Mm-hmm. And let's see, where should we go now? Let's go to Germantown and into Ed's yard. Hi, Ed. Hello, Ed. Yes. Go ahead. Hey, I, I have some tomatoes in raised beds, and uh, the flowers uh, bloom, and then they dry up and fall off. Why? Are you watering? Yes. So if you're watering, you're using tomato food. It just you know it has to be related to the weather. So they're just aborting the flowers. But I. When I took my walk this morning at that uh, Soulard Garden Co-op thing, there was some tomatoes that are already setting, you know, setting fruits. So I would say just your the individual circumstance, and are, is this a variety of tomato you've grown in the past? Yes. Okay. Yes. So this is a seed from uh, Thomas Jefferson's farm. Oh. That uh, uh, we keep from year to year. Uh huh. And I've had good luck with them before. Yeah. So. And, to me, it just has to be weather-related, so just keep them watered, keep them fertilized, and then ultimately you're going to start getting the fruit setting. Uh, any special fertilizer? Use tomato food. Tomato food. Right. So it's okay. going to don't use, like, the triple 12 or triple 10 or any of that kind of stuff. The tomato food actually has calcium and has a few other things that prevent some of the potential problems with the tomatoes. But uh, you, if you've been growing them for years and— You've had good luck, but I would still just switch the tomato food and see if that will kind of change things around. Okay. Thank you very much. Sure, my pleasure. 
Now let's head from Ed's yard over to Tony's. Hi, Tony. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Hi. So I've got a river birch. Uh, it's a fairly large tree. And I'm just wondering what's going on with it and why it's dropping all the leaves already. Because <laughs> it's dry. Basically, river birch always, you know, they have a tendency, if you've had it for a while because you said it's a fairly big tree, you know their tendency is always just to constantly drop leaves. This year is a little bit more exaggerated because we've had these extended periods of, you know, lack of rainfall. So that's why it's doing it. Okay. Well, I'm, I keep a hose trickled on it, you know, pretty often three or four times a week, okay. even overnight at a low trickle away from the, uh, like out on the root, uh, the drip line. Okay. But it's just, it's continuing and it doesn't really seem to help the water. I mean, I've got enough water to where it's, I got a pretty good, you know, area that's really wet. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds and like I've you're doing a, as, yeah. Yeah, as much as you can, but uh, there's really nothing that impacts the river birch other than the natural leaf drop, which they do this, you know, as mm-hmm. we head into summertime and, you know, the lack mm-hmm. of water, you know, situation. So, yeah. Now, is it going to produce new leaves as they drop or is it you think it'll actually drop them to where it's, pretty well make it <laughs> well i don't know but they usually uh they usually don't drop enough leaves that they're going to have to you know try to push out some new growth but uh it wouldn't okay. be necessarily in the area where the leaves have fallen from it's going to be pushing out new twigs you know along the trunk and things along that line yeah. as opposed to you know, i mean just... it dropped a ton of the new the little twigs it didn't have any kind of foliage on them and they were just pencil thin and they seemed like they were dead. They just kind of real brittle and they just fell off to the ground. And yeah. I mean, I had just a huge pile of them. So those were, you know, those were not a result of this year necessarily. Those were from a previous year. Okay. Okay. Um, a Dawn Redwood. I've had, I've got it pretty close to my river birch and that's also something that needs a lot of moisture. Is right. that right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. All right. Thanks, Mike. Sure. My pleasure. Yeah, Dawn Redwood, not too many people have those. Those are kind of unique trees. Uh, Mike Miller, KM Wash Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Let's back to the phones we go, and let's head over to Don's yard. Hi, Don. Hello. Don, are you there? Hello, Don. Don. Oops, sorry. And now let's go over to Carol's yard instead. Hi, Carol. Hello, Don. Don. Oh. Oops, sorry. And now let's go over to Carol's yard instead. Hi, Carol. Hello. Hi. Uh, I have a rather unusual problem. I was wondering whether you know of any commercial lawn service who deals primarily with uh, residential. We've had this for a long time, and originally they sprayed it with a liquid, and the guy had a hose, and he he could precisely put the stuff where it was necessary. Last week they came in with this tractor-like gadget that spread uh, these pellets of some kind of a killer, and it killed all my tomatoes, most of my herbs, a lot of my annuals. I mean, the spread was like eight foot wide. Well, there's no way you can control that. Wow. Uh, 
you know, and I was just absolutely furious. I mean, they were just at the height of blooming, and there were some tomatoes already on the plants, and they're all just drooping like they were coated with some kind of boiling water or something. And on top of that, the guys won't even answer the, you know, won't even respond to my complaints. Oh, goodness. Yeah, to be honest with you. I mean, are uh, there any that deal primarily with retail? I mean, with uh, residential? Yeah, you live in Illinois, so I, you know, try it. There's a company called Bluegrass Lawn. I don't know if they go to Illinois or not, but they're in Ferguson. But uh, I would give them a call. They don't necessarily just do residential, but the majority of their customers are residential people. Well, it sure was disturbing. Uh, you know, you can't even re- I mean, it's too late to really plant tomatoes now. Well, no, it's and, not. you got plenty of time. You can still get them going again. Well, but I mean, yes, that's true. But I've been nursing these for so long, and they were so pretty in all my flowers. Right. And, uh, I was just really disgusted now that the guy won't even, I mean, the branch manager won't even answer the phone calls. Yeah, that's He's, not I a mean, good I sign. I called him three times. He hasn't answered yet. Yeah. That's, uh, I'd call the Better Business Bureau and put in a complaint in that way, too. Well, I'm thinking about doing that, but I don't really know how. But I guess I'll be looking, at, <laughs> looking into that because right. that's about all all I can think of doing. Yeah, if they did that kind of damage to uh, lots of different stuff, that's not a good uh Good situation because other people. You can just see how the swatch, how he, you know, he went too close, and the swatches took parts of these various beds. Right. Uh, And he was done in ten minutes. I know that the gadget is very efficient. An acre yard in ten minutes (laughs) is pretty fast. Yes. But uh, when everything's dead, it's no, you know, no good either. No, that's true. Okay, you said bluegrass. Yeah, bluegrass lawn, and they're in Ferguson. Okay, well, thank you very much. Sure, my pleasure. And now let's head over to Mike's yard. Hi, Mike. Hello, Mike. Hey, I have a small buckeye tree. It's about 10 years old. And this year it flowered. It had little flowers on it. And it looks like it had some pods that were going to turn into buckeyes. And now they're gone. I suspect the birds got them. <laughs> is there anything I could do? Is there anything as far as to protect the, I mean, it could be squirrels, it could be birds, it could be lots of different things. And to physically put some netting over it, uh, uh, that's kind of tough. I don't know if anything would really oh. work. It's too tall. I yeah. mean, it's already like 12 foot tall. Right. So it's just, you know, it's kind of a, and all of them are gone. Yeah. Oh, boy. So I guess you're just going to have to keep your fingers crossed in the future that you're going to get some of the Buckeyes, you know, set. Yeah, we were we were so excited when, when I saw them. Right. And I, I, I thought, oh, my gosh, we're going to have Buckeyes for the first time. And uh, that flowering, that little, you know, okay. Right. The big clusters well, of flowers. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, we had... Uh, the park right across the street from us, I think there's three red buckeyes in there. I'll have to go down and check to see if there's, because they were all flowered. The flowers and flowers have finished now, obviously, and the petals have dropped. I'm assuming they've been yeah. pollinated. I just want to go, I'll go out and just check them and uh, mention it, you know, next week to see if there's any nuts, you know, being set in those. Okay. 
All right, thanks, Mike. Yeah. Enjoy your show. Well, thank you. I'm sorry. You know, there's not really too much you can do as far as repelling and everything else. If it's birds, it could be squirrels. It could be a couple different things. So let's go now to Marianne Jard. Hi, Marianne. Hello, Marianne. Yes. Go ahead. Hi. Hi. Um, Mike, I have a question uh, about mulch. We had uh, some foundation issues, so we had um, some work done along our foundation. Mm -hmm. And um, underneath a cantilever kind of stick out, which is about 12 feet in length, um, it's all kind of messed up, chunky brown dirt. And we're going to kind of smooth that out and wondered if we could just put in like a synthetic man-made mulch because, you know, nothing will grow up under there. Uh, What do you think about that? Or should we put just, the reason why I hesitate to put regular mulch, I don't want it to decompose and draw insects and stuff like that. Well, generally mulch doesn't draw insects if it's, you know, been properly, you know, let's say made into a mulch. But yeah, I mean, there's a couple different, you can try rock. I mean, there's even, I don't know if they still sell this, but they shredded tires for a few years and we're selling that as a type of mulch too. But uh, my probably tendency would be to go with a rock as opposed to, you know, something else. Other other than, you know, those, you know, synth, other synthetic ones, hmm, I don't know. I don't know if availability, you could go online and see what there is available, but I don't, I can't think of anything. So the shredded rubber or... Yeah, I, I don't tires know what. Or just rock. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate your your insights. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I have like a four foot wide area mimics the outline of our house, and I have a you know, rock as far as a mulch, and that way I use that to get around the house and everything else. And I use the river rock. I just you know our house is brick and. I want something to kind of match that color. So it's just a personal choice more so than anything else. Let's head over now to Tom's yard. Hi, Tom. Hello, Tom. Tom, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, go ahead. Hey, Mike. Yes. Hey, I got a knock out a rose bush, and uh, it started to quit blooming. Should I uh, cut off some buds after they get blooming? Yes, definitely. And, uh, I mean, just go down like a couple leaflets below the individual flower, and then it should rebloom again. I mean, and especially if you're going to be fertilizing it, use a rose food. Okay. Okay. That that answered my question. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Sure, you do the same thing. Mike Miller, KMOS Garden Hotline. We've got phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Back to the phones and we're headed to John's yard. Hi, John. Go ahead, John. Oh, sorry, John. Now let's go to PJ's. Hi, PJ. Hi, Mike. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I have a um, 50-year-old white oak tree, and at the base of the oak, 
there's some oozing, like constantly wet. I mean, I'm I, through all this dryness. It's just standing water or sap or something. Do you have any idea what I can do? Can I throw some sawdust on there to dry it up or something? <laughs> well, if, you know, if it's fifty years old, it probably has some kind of you know, let's say insect related problem. But if the overall uh-huh. tree is healthy and everything else, I wouldn't be overly concerned with it. You could certainly have a tree sure. service come out and take a look at it, you know, like yeah, Timberline yeah. Tree Service. But, you know, if the tree's healthy, I, I mean, there's going to be quirky stuff just like you know, with people. Anything that's alive can have quirky stuff the older it gets. Okay. So I do have the black ants that are climbing up around that tree. Maybe I should try and attack those. Well, they're not causing the problem. They're up there getting whatever sap and everything else. So they're collecting oh. some of the residue. So they're mm-hmm. not making the problem. They're sort of like reaping the benefits of whoever is making the problem. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll just uh, let it ooze then. Yeah. Just don't look at it or put on your, uh, yeah. your rose-colored glasses. <laughs> okay, thank you Sure, let's go from PJ's over to Barb's Hi Barb Hello Hi uh, Question about wisteria I've read about it plenty But um, it's easier to ask you <laughs> um, I have one that's about 12 years old Gets mass of about 6 foot tall uh, On an arbor Uh I usually, in the fall, cut it back down to about a foot because it, uh, it, I can't see where I chose to plant it. If I cut these long five-foot runners off of it now, will I have flowers in the spring next year? Uh, basically, you're taking a big chance of doing that you know, by cutting it. So I don't understand exactly why you want to cut them off. If it, you, because it gets so massive right. that uh, it's better than six foot. It starts blow, growing on the trees nearby and the gutters. Right. Uh, and it obscures my view out uh, my picture window that okay. it gets so large. So, but yeah. it comes back every year when I cut it back, but I don't have flowers. Yeah. So that's exactly what happens. So you're... You, your, your pruning timing is, you know, what's really causing the problem. So you're cutting off the potential flower buds by pruning when you're doing the pruning. Oh, okay. Okay. I hadn't thought about that. That So I have to make a choice of right. the best if thing, I can see out the window yeah, or right, exactly. flowers. Or, huh? you know, go ahead and let it flower and then prune after it flowers. Right. Well, okay. It, it uh, flowers like in May. So it's already finished flowering. Yeah, I never did. Well, I didn't have any flowers this year because, as I say, I always cut it severely back for the winter so I can see out that window. Right. So, in other words, you're cutting off the, you know, the flower buds are sitting there because it's a spring bloomer. So the flower buds are setting, you know, being set in the fall, you know, and that's, you know, you're just eliminating them. It's already done its thing. Right. Exactly. Uh, uh, okay, so I need to leave it alone. Right. Okay, I'll see how if I can tolerate not being able to see well out <laughs> that window uh, <laughs> this winter. Uh, okay, thank, right. uh, thank you. And I think if I understood correctly when someone else called in, uh, knockout roses, 
is it beneficial to cut them, uh, cut the blooms off after they did their thing? Yeah, Will it, it does. make it flower more? Uh, not necessarily more, but just the overall health of fertilizing and everything else will help with the, you know, the amount of flower buds and the pruning just in general. But uh, cutting the, you know, spin flowers off is an aesthetic thing, but uh-huh. it just helps the overall health. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Got sure. you. Thanks very much. Yep. And Glenn, can you do it kind of quick? Hey, Mike. Yes. This is Glenn. Hey, I've got a question on uh, wisteria. When it sends its runners out, you know, six, eight, ten feet away, if you put some uh, Roundup on those, will it take it back to the parent plant? It could, but uh, you know, if you really want to kill it, you should basically, you know, use the Roundup for killing, you know, woody plants, not the regular Roundup. But, uh, yeah, I mean, potentially it could do that, but uh, more than likely it's not going to be the case. But, I mean, they're, they're colonizers, so, I mean, you kind of have to live with what you got in a way. So just cutting them oh, yeah, off, they're... I mean, I know it's a hassle and a heartache. Well, they've, they've spread into the hostas and everything else. Oh, I mean, my they're, goodness. They're really aggressive. Yeah. Oh. So I was hoping to round up some of those, and, and the parent plant's a really old plant, and just kind of hopefully let it be, and it'd be okay. Right. Well, give it a try and see what happens. And if, you know, if it eliminates your problem, then it eliminates it entirely for sure. But that's not a good sign. Yeah, that's what I needed. Thanks. Have a good day. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, Althea, we're not going to be able to get to you today, but uh, uh, sorry, folks. We've had some problems with our phone lines and everything else. We know that... You're not able to hear without listening to your radio. At first, I thought, why is everybody listening to the radio? And it's our fault. It's a technical problem, and we're going to have somebody take care of it uh, You know, as soon as we go off air now. That's not going to help you, but hopefully everything will be straightened back correctly for the, gar- the Garden Hotline next week. So Mike Miller, KM West Garden Hotline. I appreciate everybody who called in. And I appreciate everybody who spends time in their yard to make it looks great. Thank you. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.